0: Tonight, I've titled my message, Let Go and Move On. Hallelujah. The title is a message in itself, right? So you get the G's very early on. Let go and move on. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. Let's read John chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. Thank you, Lord. You know there's power in reading the scriptures. So let's have it on the screen because of those who don't have their Bibles. Are we ready? John chapter 5 verse 1. After this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Bethesda. Having five porches, in this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, Another steps down before me. The sick man answered, Sir, I have what? No man to put me into the pool. This man had been in this condition for 38 years. And no wonder he was still there. He was having expectation of the people around him to help him. Does that sound familiar? He had all kind of excuses. He had all kind of issues. The people that could deliver him, the people that could bring him out of the situation, the boss that could promote him, the uncle that could have been there, you know, to to write a note to that office so he could get that job and come out of unemployment. Yes, he was in this situation, And he says that whenever, you know, the pool is stirred, whoever jumps in there first will get healed. But this man, I believe, he had this condition, but his condition was prolonged because of his mentality. Jesus said he had, Jesus knew that he had been there a long time. So in other words, Jesus was trying to say, do you want to move on? He said to him to say, yes, amen, with pleasure, I receive it. I want to move on. But the man started doing what? Telling stories about all the people that did not help him. So I want to very quickly tell you that stop telling stories about your situation. Stop telling stories about your past. Stop telling stories about why you think you are where you are. It's time to move on. It's time to what? Move on. I believe this man was very bitter. And God doesn't want us to be consumed with bitterness. Verse 3 says, the place was filled with the blind. If you go to verse 3. The place was filled with the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Can you see it there? Obviously, he was looking up to other people that had problems to help him. The people that were around him were also sick. Hello? Hello? The people around him too had issues. The people around him too needed help. And you realize that people who are hurting, they tend to hurt others. So stop looking to man. Stop looking to people around you who also need God to help you. We forget that many times people also have their issues, even people in church, even pastors like me. Hello? Now I've been calling your number and you didn't pick. Is that familiar? Yes. How will I pick your number when I'm busy counseling someone? I can't pick in the middle of that, you understand? <laughs> That's why I'm reluctant to give people my number because when I do, I say, I may not be able to pick your calls and I won't want to you know, sound like someone who is not ready to help. Because we are limited, we can only do so much. Praise God. And we have our issues too. We look up to God to help us with our issues. So even in church, but church people, because we have been given the Holy Spirit, we have the capacity. Praise God. We have the capacity to love, to forgive, to overlook human shortcomings. Praise God. We have the capacity to overlook, to bear with one another. So this man was consumed with why he was there. And obviously, when you are up, what you think about the most, whatever is uppermost in your mind, that's what you will say. That's what you will bring out. Just a simple question. And he you know, just reeled out all he had been thinking. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. And so his situation was prolonged. It's time to move on. The situation you are in, the negative situation you might be in, will not be prolonged any longer in Jesus' name. Tell yourself, Lord, I am letting go of all those who have offended me and those I think have offended me. Because you know what? Sometimes people have done certain things to you, but they didn't do it intentionally. There are those who are very intentional, I know. (laughs) And those are the hardest to forgive. Because you know that this person did it deliberately. And we're going to come to that in a moment. What is the theme of your life? We hurt ourselves when we don't forgive and when we don't let go. Some of us, the theme of our life has become complaint, rejection. You know, that everybody knows. That, 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 that lady that always complains. That man that always talks about, you don't know his story, ah. It's the same old, you know, it will always go back to that story, no matter what. It's time to define your life by something else. Praise God. It's time to define your life by favor. Not that lady that used to be rejected. You know that her story, you know. And in some ways, I knew that I have also gone through this, where, you know, yes, I felt some people didn't like me. I felt this, but I realized that there was no point, you know, being stuck there. There's no point being stuck there and everybody will not always like you and we didn't come to this world to be liked. I think that word this day even means more meaning now than ever before. Before social media, we always talk about like. Even right from, a, a, a ch- from childhood, you know, your child or your niece or that young person around you, you know, who, uh, they very quickly learn to say, eh, nobody likes me. Oh, my friend, no one likes me in school. Oh, she will not be my friend again because of this. But we have to quickly tell them that, look, Jesus will be your friend. And he's your friend already. Amen. Amen. And you, the aunt or the mom or adult person that this child is reporting to, very quickly tell the person that I'll be your friend. Okay? So calm down. Everybody can be your friend. The person that is not your friend today, tomorrow might come and try to want to be your friend. And, of course, very early on, you teach them how to add value. You see, when you add value, people want to be your friend. I'm telling you. These days, I can't talk much about rejection. <laughs> so if you like, don't be my friend. It's okay. Have more friends than enemies. I don't even believe I have any enemy. But anyone that is my enemy is that person's cup of tea. But what I'm just saying is that before, much earlier on in life and in ministry, you know, there was just this illusion that some people didn't like me. and I could validate it. I could justify it. But I'm not going to. But after a while, you have to move on and not define your life by who likes you and who does not like you. Okay? Everybody can like you because you might not be called to them. But if you are called to them, they will like you, they will appreciate you. Praise God. But Jesus liked us up front. He liked us up front. He liked us. He loved us, you know, and is just, you know, so passionate about us that he went to the cross of Calvary. Praise God. Isn't that, doesn't that make you, you know, excited that you are to die for? Hello, so if a man comes to the ladies here, ah, I can die for you, so somebody already dies for, died for you. It's okay, just be running your mouth, okay, it's okay. Because the Bible says if you're a man and you want to have a wife, love her as Christ loved the church, right? Mm, talk is cheapo. Because as Christ loved the church and did what? He gave his life for her. <laughs> I'm scaring some men away here. If you are not ready to give your life for that, somebody, <laughs> think about it again. But you know, no big deal. It's the Holy Spirit that will give you the strength. Praise God. Don't try to love anyone in your own capacity, in your strength. I've tried it, it doesn't work. I believe it's my calling. I believe love is my calling and it's one of the gifts, you know, areas God has called me to. And, um, You know, I believe that we should love the world, we should love people, love everyone. But sometimes, you know, even on some of my best days, sometimes it's hard and I just have to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Praise God. So this man um, was blaming the people around him who are also lame. They also needed to get in there. Stop the blame game. And you know, this also applies in our places of work. It applies in our places of work. Sometimes we're angry with our boss, and you don't know that your boss also has issues. That boss that looks well-packaged and rich because he's paying you, paying you as your employer or as your is any more than you or whatever. That person too has issues, but you don't know, and you may never know because that boss will not discuss his or her issues with you. And the boss will always, you know, try to look together in front of you, the subordinate. You don't even know whether that boss has just clean, cleaned their eyes, or he has just cleaned his eyes in the bathroom and come out. <clears throat> nah. As I was saying in this meeting. <laughs> Did you see the story of Joseph? I don't want to even talk about the story of Joseph because Pastor, uh, Senior Pastor has really f- dealt with the story. <laughs> and maybe he will do some more um, in the coming weeks. But I remember that part when Joseph's brothers came to, to Joseph. Uh, When Joseph was ready to reveal himself, you know, he was the boss. He was the big man next to Pharaoh, rich and everything. And nobody there had an idea of his background. And he just said, bring these men and all of that. They had no idea and he didn't tell them. "Um, These were my brothers. And even when they knew, he didn't say (laughs) what they had done to him. But when he could no longer hold it, he had to shout. Everybody, leave me now. All of them escaped. And what did he do? He burst out into tears. Because he couldn't hold it anymore. I am Joseph. He must have sobbed. Right? He couldn't hold it together anymore. So have compassion on your boss. When he or she acts funny, you know, maybe shouts at you or tells you or you know, it's just quite very strict and all of that. As a Christian, ask God for the help of the Holy Spirit and look beyond that and say a prayer for your boss because you don't know what your boss is going through. And when you have whole bitterness against whoever is your boss or whoever is, you know, above you that you're responsible for, at the end of the day, you might find yourself making mistakes. You might find yourself making mistakes on the job because you're not thinking straight. You are consumed with, why is this person, this person doesn't like me, why is my work is not good enough and all. of You're consumed with that and you find yourself making mistakes because you're in unforgiveness. The next day you come to work, you haven't forgotten what the boss did yesterday. You are the boss has moved on. So always resolve it with God. In Esther chapter 5 verse 9, Esther chapter 5 verse 9, Haman picked offenses with Mordecai. Let's look at that scripture. Haman picked offenses with Mordecai because he did not act as a sycophant like others did. Look at it. He says, so Haman went out that day joyful with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation, against Mordecai, Mordecai did not bow before him, Mordecai didn't shake for him, Mordecai in his heart, maybe probably didn't necessarily have anything against him, but he didn't bow like others were bowing, and sometimes it's not in the bowing, hello, sometimes it's not in, it's a thing of the heart, doing your work well, sometimes that's what the boss expects of you, at least for me as a boss. In my, on my job, <laughs> I expect you to do your work well, deliver. Not all the yes ma, yes ma. You know, carrying the Bible and the bag and, you know. But do what is expected of you, and show care. So it's not necessary. Some people can kneel down, kneel down for you to Jesus come. But inside them, they are not loyal. <laughs> yes, inside them, they are not loyal. So, Haman was angry because of that. Haman was angry. He was the boss, but he was angry because Mordecai did not bow before him. And Mordecai had his reasons because he was a Jew. It's not that they didn't respect him, but I guess in the Jewish culture, they don't do that. And from that time onwards, Haman was consumed with bitterness for Mordecai, with, with hatred. And we know the story how he planned the gallows that Um, Mordecai should be hung and was trying to go to the king and all that but at the end of the day he turned on his head and he was the one that was hung in the gallows so we need to be careful let go and move on we're talking about forgiveness God expects us to forgive, we hurt ourselves when we don't forgive and we find it difficult to move on and achieve our best, some of us think we're achieving our best, that's not your best, you can still do better than that and some of us are not achieving the fullness of our potentials, you can still go beyond that. Check your heart and see whether there are any limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs, concepts, fears, and deep unforgiveness that you think that, you know, oh, it's not an issue I've let go of. Look within your heart and see. And if there's anything there, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. What are the benefits of forgiveness? What are the benefits of forgiveness? Or what are the reasons why should we forgive? One, the spirit of unforgiveness complicates and compromises our daily work with God. Forgiving others releases us from anger and allows us to receive the healing that we need. Benefits of forgiveness, because some there might be someone here who is saying it is hard for me to forgive, you know, so-and-so person. But it's in your heart. But God always wants us to forgive for our own benefit. Forgiving others releases us from anger. We are free. It allows us to go forward. Praise God. God doesn't want anything to stand between us and him. It's so important. He doesn't want anything to stand between us and him. He's a good God, praise God. He forgave us up front. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, Mark eleven twenty-five 25 says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your heavenly father in heaven so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins so one of the benefits of forgiving others is so that we can also be forgiven praise god so that we can also be forgiven and mark chapter matthew chapter 6 verse 12 matthew chapter 6 verse 12 says forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know the popular prayer, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Forgive our debts, or forgive those who sin against us. Because this one, that's New King James Version. It says, forgive our debts, right? Hmm. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So someone may be saying, hey, that person owes me money. I doesn't want to pay back. I have to forgive that person, right? You need to be wise before you (laughs) loan out money. (laughs) The Bible says in Proverbs, it says that he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay. Praise God. If you know you don't really have the capacity or you are not sure of the person's character or you envisage some issues, give the person what you can give and don't become the bank. Praise God. Because that destroys a lot of relationships, when people are not able to pay back their friend, their sister, even family relationships. So really, if I loan money out at all, I like to loan out what I can forgive, what I can let go of in the long run. Praise God. Don't take advantage of that, Uncle Man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so because you should have behind your mind that what if this person cannot pay back? But sometimes your eyes are on the interest that the person is supposed to give you. Praise God. It's so important. But here it's not necessarily talking about money, but it's talking about, you know, what, what, what um, the debt we owe God, okay? Our lifestyle, our shortcomings, our shortcomings. We're asking God to forgive us as we forgive the shortcomings of others. How many people want God to forgive them expressly? And he says he will forgive us. When we confess our sins to him and ask for forgiveness, immediately he forgives. He really doesn't say, uh, let me consider it. He forgives. But he says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness and we start afresh. Can that person, you know, start afresh with you? Can you really let go and forgive that person once and for all? What are the benefits? Another one says... You see, to forgive someone is the highest form of love. And God showed us that example by Jesus Christ, his son, laying down his life, sacrificing just to, you know, make a grand show of forgiveness. So we have no excuse. On the cross, he said, that Father forgive them, for they don't know what they do. So he expressed it He not only did he die for us, but the people that crucified him, he said God should forgive them. Hello? He expressed it. He verbalized it. I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing. I tell you, that's, that's awesome. And we can really attain to that level. Praise God. Because we are called to love. We make mistakes. We are human beings. And other people make mistakes too. So how do we forgive? Because that's a question in someone's mind now. How do we forgive? How do we stop, you know, holding people responsible for our progress, even when it looks obvious that uh, if they were there for us? Hmm. It's human nature to do that. In John chapter 11, we know the story of We're familiar with the story of of Lazarus that died. hmm? And that's what we know Lazarus for. He died, but thank God Jesus came and raised him up. So Lazarus was the friend, friend of Jesus. Jesus was their friend. Lazarus had a sister and two sisters, Mary and Martha. Remember the story? And he died. He was sick. And they sent to Jesus, but Jesus didn't get there on time. Lazarus died. I make excuse for Jesus because I believe that he was busy healing people, right? There were no private jets in those days. Even the time he needed a donkey, he had to borrow one. So I believe that he wanted to come there, but he could only go as fast as his legs could take him, right? Right? And maybe on the way there, a woman with the issue of blood will stop him to get her healing. <laughs> this other one with issues, ah, Jesus is in the territory, they will go there. So he was moving at a much slower pace because there were people stopping him on the way to get their miracles, to get their encouragement. Meanwhile, he knew that he was going to go to, you know, to Lazarus, to their house, to, ah, his friend Lazarus, ah, no. But by the time he got there, Lazarus was dead. Four days even. So they had really practically given up. But I think they were also brokenhearted maybe because not only did Lazarus die, but this man that's supposed to be our family friend, our person-person, you know, not only is not just the Jesus of everybody, Martha was, believe, was in her mind, was already saying that, Annie, we eat in my house. <laughs> Venison. I'll cook for him each time. Bro has not even manifested. Okay, let me interpret a life partner, I've not even found a husband all this while, you know, because they say when you give the man of God, you know, a gift or package will release blessings. Okay. Don't believe all those things, <laughs> it's God that releases blessings on our lives. Praise God. She had those issues because uh, from her story, <laughs> we know. Remember the place where they were both? Jesus came into Martha's house, and uh, Martha and Mary. uh, The Bible says Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. He went into the house of a certain woman called Martha, and her sister Mary lived with her. I like telling that story, but I won't go there too much today. Mary was a squatter. You know what squatter is? (laughs) Martha was the big girl that owned the house, but her sister Mary lived with her. She had done well for herself. She was prosperous to an extent. And she wasn't releasing her full potential because her emotions were, they were not okay. She had issues, right? Cooked for Jesus. Then she went to Jesus. Mary sat at his feet listening to the word and the disciples. I said, hey, M- Master, Jesus, can't you tell uh, Mary to come and help me in the kitchen? Jesus had to call her is he two or three times. Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things. And Mary has chosen the. But he was trying to tell her, sit down, I didn't send you to cook food. <laughs> but because of the blessing she wanted to collect when she was going about it the wrong way. If you like to cook, cook and cook by yourself. Don't take offense at the person who does not like to cook. <laughs> The person who likes to sit at the world all day and drink Gary at the end of the day. Don't worry for her whether she'll find a husband to marry. I don't want to go there. Whether well, it's a criteria. But the issue was that she delighted and wanted to cook for Jesus. He didn't send her. Leave the person who is hearing the word. If I tell her, listen well, so later you will just me. What the man, what he shared. Hello. That's the way love will speak. Says I can't sit down now and I want to cook, Take the notes very well, listen well, so later you will share with me what he was sharing with you. But she was full of offenses. May we be delivered from such in Jesus' name. Sometimes they're just very subtle things in our heart. So I believe that that's her own perspective. She loved Jesus not from her heart but from her head. So when Lazarus died, John chapter eleven, verse. I think, thirty or so, thereabouts. Martha went to Jesus when he was on the way. They heard that Jesus was coming, right? And she ran there. Jesus was in the neighborhood. Jesus was coming to their house quite all right. But she ran ahead and went to him because she was ready to do what? Accuse him and pour out all her, you know, her issues. She wanted to make him feel bad. Praise God. She wanted to make Jesus feel bad. Let me look at it. John chapter 11, verse 20. We can put it up on the screen. John eleven twenty. 20. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have uh, um, that was the first accusation. That was the first, you know. <laughs> Again, it's good to have that mentality that, ah, uh-uh, if Jesus was here, no way. He would have healed him of that sickness. He would not have, you know, uh, his power would have healed Jesus, uh, Lazarus. So Jesus said what? He said, but even I know whatsoever you ask God, God will give you. And Jesus said, your brother will rise, what, again. And Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And they were, you know, exchanging the scriptures that she thought she knew. That was in her head, but not in her heart. Because Jesus was trying to say, I am here now. The fact that I'm here now, He's going to be raised from the dead. But she concluded that since Lazarus was ill, sick, and died, Jesus could heal the sickness, but he could not bring him back from the dead. That was her conclusion. And Jesus was trying to say, calm down. I'm in the house. Tell your neighbor, calm down. Jesus is in the house. But she already thought it was over. And she continued. Who's, he said, whoever believes in me and all that. he said, yes, I know. I believe you are the Christ, all of that. Anyway, he left her. She left and went to call who? Mary. And she went to say, Mary, the master is calling you. said, the teacher is calling you. Jesus didn't say she should go and call Mary. <laughs> Jesus was going to their house to comfort them, console them, and of course, raise Lazarus from the dead. She had run with her issues and her accusations. You, what, you don't get anything by accusing God. He is God all by him. Yes. When Mary got there, let me skip some verses. See, still John chapter 11. Let me see. Verse 32. Then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, She fell down at his feet. That's the way to go about it. You worship God in spite of your pain. She fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she said the very same words that Martha said, but with a different attitude. Tell your neighbor, get rid of all offenses. Even if you have an issue with God, let it go. Ah, You think it's blasphemy. Everybody's quiet because how can anybody? There might be one person here. There might be somebody watching by television. Deep in your heart, your issue is with God. You're even angry that God allowed you to marry that person. God, why did you allow me to marry this person? I didn't bargain for this, and you really can't say that your offense is with God, but it's really with God. Indirectly, you are blaming him. At least Adam did it. He said, "God is the woman you gave me." So God he says, "See me now, in trouble." I was just trying to help his destiny. <laughs> He's standing on my head. Ah, is the woman you gave me? Eve was wise. She blamed the serpent. God said, "Correct." even though you are the one that made the mistake and pulled your husband into it but you turned it on Satan's head then I asked the man he turned it on my head check it out Genesis chapter 3 check it out, it's there he said, the woman whom you gave me So he has silently roped God into the problem into, the, into being responsible for the mistake that they made. And that's why the devil hated the woman even more than the man. He said, you blamed me. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so she said, if my brother, she fell at his feet, she worshiped him. Ah, But if you had come on time, my brother would not have died. What did Jesus say? All he could say. When Jesus saw her weeping, he groaned in the spirit. And he said, where have you laid him? There was no need for discussion. To be arguing with a worshiper. She has already worshipped (laughs) you. But here matter, arguments, words. The devil too knows the word. Remember when he was arguing with Jesus in Luke chapter 4? Arguing, turn this stone to bread. Man shall not live by bread. Jesus said, Yes, I know. That's the word of God. The devil even knew the word. But when you surrender, you just worship. Say, God, you are bigger than us all. Oh, but I know you can do it. Oh, no story. Where have you put him? I said, Come. So he followed Mary to the tomb and called Lazarus out. He even wept. He didn't weep because he knew Lazarus was dead forever. I think he wept because Mary moved him to tears with her worship. John 11:35. 35, as little children, even if you don't know the but you knew this one. Shortest verse in the, the, shortest verse in the Bible. And Jesus wept. You don't know the alpha or the, no, the The background to this story, you just know Jesus wept. This was why he wept. He was moved to tears, I believe, because in her pain, she still worshiped him. Mary, Martha's agenda was to make him feel bad. What do you gain from that? Is it a miracle you want? Do you still want to be in his favor? So, she came because Mary was free of offenses. She couldn't even be offended, even though, you know. It hurt her also, it pained her that Jesus didn't come, you know, on time. But she made excuse for him. There must be a reason. It's not because he hates us. And so, Nazareth came out from the dead. Praise God. So let's let go. Let's forgive. Let's, let's, let's say, Lord, I thank you for life. It's someone that is alive on this side of eternity that still has the power to forgive someone. Some people have died in unforgiveness. Don't ask me where they went. Some people say if a Christian dies in unforgiveness, will they still go to heaven? Well, it is well. God is the judge. But it's, still, it's better to die or go to be with the Lord free of offenses. There is no point. Or someone that offended you that you are still holding, the person dies. It can be very painful. I know someone once that told me that her mom is like, she didn't really forgive her mom and her mom passed on already. Too late to wake the mom up and say, I forgive you. How do we forgive? I want to share how do we forgive? Because someone might be thinking, okay, how do I go about forgiving? Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. Depending on the degree of the offense or depending on how much you think it has affected you. So the story of your life is turning out well. You are a deliverer. And sometimes deliverers go through adverse situations. Remember the story of Moses. Moses fled. He had to leave Egypt. He had to leave the comfort because the very same people that he was fighting for didn't appreciate it when he was trying to separate two two, um, Israelites fighting. No, don't fight. You are brothers. Don't. They just spoke out and said, do you want to kill us like how you kill. I wasn't planning to kill them. Yes, he killed an Egyptian. When he was an Egyptian versus an Israelite, he killed the Egyptians and buried them. Nobody, He thought nobody knew. But they saw. And it, even if they saw, shouldn't they have been happy that he killed someone for our sake? Now, two of them were fighting. And he was just wanted to settle. He wasn't going to kill one of them. They brought out the animosity. That means that not all of them liked him. Even though he would always take sides with them because he knew he was an Israelite, but he had a privileged upbringing. But some of them were not happy because they wished they were the one. They wished they were the one. So if not, they should have been. They should have listened to him. Ah, Thank you. I know you love us so much. You even killed someone for us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if they said it in a nice way, you would have known that, eh, so you know the story. Ah, thank you. Say, eh, do you think you can? Who made you rule over us or something like that? You say, ah, that kind of thing can break the heart of a person. Sometimes it breaks the heart of leaders because Moses was the leader. A, a, a friend of ours I'm um, told this story. He wrote it in his book. Um... Our friend, Bishop Bob, he wrote it in his book, and he talked about the time when his mentor passed on. And he traveled all the way um, to... He lives in Abuja, his, city is in, his ministry is in Abuja. Um, Abuja is the capital of Nigeria, for those who don't know. So he traveled all the way to Jos, which is maybe about two hours from Abuja, to the house of his mentor when he heard that his mentor had passed on, who was also a great man of God. And he was there, and, you know, he said he was even his, the, the man's widow, you know, that was even consoling him, the protégé, because he said he was so shocked and broken. And when he, he said when he drove into that city, Joss, he picked up some friends, some fellow young ministers in Joss and said, look, let's go to the house of this man together and all that. And when they got there, of course, they consoled, condoled, wept, all of that, prayed. And he said he left. And so when he left with them, and as they left the house, listen to this. He said, as they left the house with those so-called friends, men of God, in that city, right? He said, one of them first said, uh, they didn't even give us any drinks. Uh I tell you, we go through things. (laughs) Men of God. A man of God passed on. Somebody's thinking about drinks. He said that day, he just knew that. Ah, sort yourself out. (laughs) People don't always think the way you think. He was shocked, hurt, broken. Yes, they were young, but maybe they didn't have any serious connection with the man of God that died. Maybe they, you know, even if they did, is it drinks? drinks, this person was not even an old man, he wasn't elderly. If I can guess, maybe in his fifties, even if he was 90 years old. You know, in our culture here in Nigeria, from day one, especially when it's an old person, you'll be cooking. Children will be cooking around the clock till the day of the burial. They will come back again, they will say, ah. I, this is our mother too that's, you know, that you, are, all those things. But honestly, this was not the situation because it was a sudden death and it was not, they didn't even serve us anything. And so sometimes we need to be compassionate even towards our leaders, towards our pastors. You go to their house, they didn't serve you anything. You don't know whether there's even nothing. So, to bring something, they t- shouldn't they have also taken something along to that house? <laughs> Drinks, water, mama, in case some people come, that you, you just think about it. Again, of course, he had to forgive. <laughs> Praise God. And if she heard the statement, the widow, she has to forgive, right? She has to say, Lord, uh, forgive them. They don't know what they are saying. So sometimes it's tough, but because we are human and people are, you know, there's so many things on people's hearts. There are things people are thinking about that sometimes they don't have time to really think about what you are going through. So, how do we forgive very quickly? Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. So, this evening is for teaching, right? <laughs> no forming tonight, for teaching. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask him to heal you of the pain. Acknowledge this pain. Lord, I'm hurt. And anytime I think about this, I feel hurt again, over and over again. So ask the Lord to help you. Because maybe you have thought you had forgiven this person, <laughs> but it's still there. Jesus said, bless your enemies, don't curse them. And remember that, When we ask God to do something for us, we ask in faith, and he does it, right? So, envision yourself, because we may ask for things in faith. You need a car, you need shoes, you need a job, and you pray, you ask in faith. In in order to forgive someone that you're having difficulty forgiving as well, ask in faith. Ask it put it also on the platform of something real and tangible that you need because you know your life depends on it then make a decision Matthew chapter 5 verse 7 says blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy your mercy account with God will never run out amen. if you are merciful amen. amen so be merciful be merciful Just look at it, the way I look at it, sometimes when it's difficult, and I I just look at it that, okay, I'm alive. Thank you, Lord. It's because I'm alive that I can feel that someone offended me, that I can know that someone has offended me, or someone is owing me this money and doesn't want to pay back. God forbid, you know, if you go to heaven, and people are owing you money, that's the end. (laughs) 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 Laugh if you want to laugh. It's the Holy Ghost laughter. That's the end. It will really take God for them to look for your child or sister. You might even be single, you don't have any, you have children or whatever. Maybe you have children, you have but give me this money. I want to pay school fees. Eventually, they can come to your child and say, Actually, I was owing your dad's take. But if it looks like nobody knows. <laughs> Maybe that's why sometimes good to have a shorty or, you know, someone say, I'm lending this person money, come and sign. <laughs> but if nobody knows, that's the end. <laughs> the person will come and commiserate and everything, but he's like, huh, thank you, Lord. I'm not happy this person, <laughs> I'm not, God, I'm not happy this person has died, but at least, <laughs> where he is, he doesn't need the money. <laughs> So that would not be your portion. Yes. Forgive. Sometimes I just look at it and say, okay, it's because I'm in my right mind that I can remember that someone is owing me or someone hurt me. You sometimes have to go to the extreme in order to draw strength to let go and forgive the person. Um, Josmea tells of a story, it's one of the worst. Her father, you know, raped her, raped her in her youth so many times. It came to a point she had to forgive him. And eventually, after many years, she forgave him and she led him to Christ. But that was after many, many years before he apologized. But she forgave him up front. And God said, take care of him. You know, buy a house for him. And yes, and she did all that. That is not far from your house, from your neighbor. I'm telling you. She had to forgive him and forgive her mother too that didn't really do anything about it. That looked the other way. Because she could have carried her child and run away from the marriage. And, but she probably wanted to save her marriage too. So she could have been bitter with her mom too. Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. So make a decision not to wallow in unforgiveness. Not to wallow in pity party. Not to waste your time dwelling on negative things that happened to you. Move on. Tell your neighbor, it's time to move on. Envision yourself free from this person, from this thought, from this. Envision yourself free. Envision yourself. See it as a possibility. Look to the cross. Take the communion. I say, Jesus, I exchange. I know, I exchange this uh, weakness for your strength because on the cross, you said, it is finished. I forgive them. So, Lord, at this time that I take the communion, I also say, it is finished. I let go so and so. If you can name the people, name them and let them go. And call them or send them a text and say, you know what? I forgive you. I let you go. Lord, give me the strength. Give me your your nature. Give me the ability to do this. After all, you're giving me the ability to live. Because God can take breath from our nostrils. And that's the end. That is the end. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. For it will not go untimely in the name of Jesus.